This is Trevor Murdoch, the NWA World Heavyweight Champion. You guys are listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Today we welcome, well, simply put, the National Wrestling Alliance Heavyweight Champion of the World, Trevor Murdoch. Trevor, how are you doing today, sir? Oh, I'm doing great, man. The weather's perfect, a little crisp outside. I'm a big ball of joy. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you for coming on. Trevor, how you doing, buddy? Man, thank you for having me on here, Wolfie. It's good to talk to you, buddy. Yeah, man. Good to see you, man. Uh, it's, it's been a minute, man. It's been a minute since we uh, we spoke, we wrestled. Uh, I think, uh, what, TCW is the last time that uh, you and I touched horns, right? Yeah, man. It's uh, That's been a minute. Shoot. That's, yeah, how long absolutely. has that been? We're talking, what, six, seven, eight years, maybe? Yeah, probably something like that, man. That was, yeah. Back before I tore my arm up, I tore my leg up. Hell, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a piece of work now. Uh, what I want to ask you, man, is the the first question I have for you. I was trained by Gypsy Joe. I'm sure you know him. Um, yep. But the the thing is for me, man, Harley Race. You, you got trained by Harley Race, man. That's that's pretty damn cool, man. Can you? Uh, I, I can tell you about my my times with uh, Gypsy Joe, and I trained in a in a ring that was like full of cat piss. <laughs> it, just, it was <laughs> it was disgusting. I mean, it, it was in, in West Nashville uh, and 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 things like that. What was it like to train with Harley, man? Um, Harley was a, a tough cat. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, um, when I came when I came into training for him your body's not made to be in professional wrestling shape. No. You know what I mean? And, right. um, he saw a young guy that, uh, full of piss and vinegar and man, that he worked me out. Like his, his routines simply, I mean, you started with at least an hour of calisthenics really? outside the ring. Um, and now when we're talking about uh, like the school, like everybody would kind of imagine, you know, Harley race having this big, huge, beautiful building of a school, but it was, right. um, right next to a gym and it was a very narrow, probably a 20 by, uh, well, probably a 40 by, I don't know, 120 foot room, basically that housed Harley's office, all the gear, the ring are, and all of Harley's memorabilia. So you yeah. right in front, you had this like huge patch of uh carpet basically. And that's where everybody <laughs> kind of crammed in and just, I'm talking up downs, mountain climbers. Um, yeah. And he had a referee there that was a former Marine and he was this, uh, his, his name was Skippy, and he was this little guy who was a great amateur wrestler in high school, but he's a former Marine, and he would sit there and do the calisthenics with you, but yeah. he would be drinking a cup of coffee and smoking a cigarette while he's doing it. <laughs> How did you find that? How did you get in? Um, I was wrestling for a couple years before I met Harley. Okay. Um, basically, my brother, um, I was... I've always been this, I've been this, this tall since I was like 13 years old. I kind of like sprouted and stopped. So I ended up, my brother ended up getting caught up with this small independent company in St. Louis and I would do Mm -hmm. security. Um, one night a wrestler didn't show up and, um, I was always taking bumps before the matches and after the matches and being the guys kind of like tackling dummy. Uh, the promoter was freaking out and said, you know, Hey, you've been training. <laughs> and yeah. you got a match tonight. And basically yeah. what I could do is get my ass kicked really well and I could bump really well. I could I didn't <laughs> I didn't know anything else. So um That's I ended up I ended up remember promoter Bill Ash? Uh that name sounds familiar, yeah. Arkansas, old school wrestler. I ended up getting a booking with him and you know, we were, he was doing TV and I was a young guy and I was like, Oh my God, this is TV. Even though it was just this regional, basically just local town 
TV. It was horrible. It was, but I thought it was TV. <laughs> and um, we did three TV tapings, and at the end of it, I I literally got paid. I think it was eight dollars and sixty seven cents. What? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was my cut from the house. You know what I mean? And um, we had like an eight hour drive home. My brother was with me. He got thing was we got to split like this it was like seventeen dollars and we got to, we had to split it no and shit. we yeah man we made it home on the pennies literally the pennies <laughs> in my truck that's when gas was you know a dollar something you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean it wasn't what we're paying today hey folks to get your official live and in color with wolfie d merchandise go to pro forward slash live wolfie d check it out If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. Where did the Murdoch name come from? Man, that was... uh... (laughs) I got an opportunity to go wrestle for WWE and just be a local. And then right. um, I'd, I'd gotten back from Japan and Ben Wall was actually out there doing his squats, his 500 squats before every match. That was his warm up. Right. And I just wanted to rub in Japan. So I went into the ring and started doing some Japanese exercises and stretching. And I got his attention mm-hmm. about 30 minutes later into the conversation. He actually got me a match for Vince and got people to actually look at me. Yeah. Steamboat was the, my agent for the match. And he come right. up to me and I was doing Trevor Rhodes at the time. I had blonde hair. I looked just like Dustin. Um, right. And Dusty had a little bit of heat with Vince at the time. And Ricky goes, Hey, listen, um, you might want to go ahead. We work, we might, you know, might want to switch the Rhodes name. He goes, you look more like Murdoch anyway. <laughs> and he goes, you just don't want that heat. You know what I mean? And I was like, I don't care what the fuck you call me, man. You go, give me the attention I need. I'll show out. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, I knew what my job was. I was winning there to wrestle Rob Conway. And, uh, my job was to go in there and make him look like a million dollars which yeah. I did and which brought me back to SmackDown the next night. And, um, I wrestled Rene Dupree and I made him look like a million dollars. And, uh, Johnny Ace called me into his office and offered me a developmental gig that night. And yeah, that's awesome. Man. Trevor Murdoch from then on. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, man, talk about, uh, TCW when you and I met. I really, I, I did. I only did a couple shots for, for Matt. I'm at Riviera down there at TCW, but what made me feel good about going down there was, you know, you had a guy that was investing in, in his production, but he also had a lot of wrestlers that yeah. could work. You know what I mean? That was yeah, absolutely of my excitement. You know, they had you down there. Tim Storm was down there. Um, he was bringing in uh, names, per se, that could wrestle. You know yeah. what I mean? It was... It was a, you know, I, I thought that was, you know, Matt was really was on his way to be like the next big thing. Um, it stinks that but that. You know, you know what happened, it. man? You know what happened? It's a thing that always happens. Uh, they start booking their buddies and, uh, you know, think they can, uh, like, take over or something. I don't know. I've seen it happen a million times, man. That's, it was so, uh, God, man, I hated it. I hated it that they let that go like that. I really did, man. Cause I thought it had so much potential. What about you? Well, I thought it had a lot of traction, man. Like, you know, that was at the, especially at the time, there really wasn't an alternative. I mean, right. there was a couple of shows out there, um, that was trying to, to step up into the, you know, the number two and three slot. But right. what I thought about TCW was that you were able to tell wrestling stories. And to me, that's the true, like that's the alternative, right. in my opinion. Um, right. Everybody says they're different, and everybody says that you know we're we're not trying to be WWE. Well, I mean Jesus Christ! I mean just because you're painting with different colors doesn't mean you're not putting in the same spot. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? It's, right. Uh, right. So I I kind of felt like that was the beginning of a true alternative wrestling yeah. because. 
bro, we're in a time right now where everybody can like, you don't have to love just one wrestling company. Um, we, we got into that mentality because at the time there was only real one option for yeah. a while. Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. Man. Uh, all right. So let's talk about, uh, let's talk about this, man. I mean, obviously you're the fucking NWA world champion right now. How did that come about? Um, I mean, did you get in with with uh, Billy Corgan? I mean, did, how did this happen? This honestly, um, I was actually on my way out. We were at um, Harley's funeral. Mm. Um, kind of felt like that was the stamp of you know once I didn't start one hundred percent with Harley, but ninety nine percent I've been with Harley. You know, my whole career. Right. And when um, you know the last couple of years was a little tough on him. And it just kind of felt like, man, I'm the whole phrase. I'm a, I'm a round peg in a square world. Yeah. Really, really fits me. Um, right. so we were at, at Harley's funeral and, uh, it was a wonderful gesture for Nick Aldis at the time was the current NWA world heavyweight champion showed up with Dave Lagana, who was the executive producer at NWA at the time. And, um, at the funeral, you know, Nick kind of just cornered me. He's like, what are you doing? And I say, I'm, I'm kind of on my way out. He goes, why? And, uh, you know, we had a long talk. And he's like, come to Atlanta, bro. Just come down for one show. Yeah. If you don't like it, you don't want to be a part of it, be a producer. Just we need guys like you. Yeah. And, uh, dude, I, I walked in the door and thinking I was going to be a producer. And the first thing they asked me was, did you bring your gear? <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm OG. You know, I bring my yeah, gear everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes to the grocery store, you never know. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Um, and so that's, you know, one match turned into two, two turned into things are hot for you. You know, let's give you, let's see what you do in this spot. And bro, the people are, have what brought me back. You know what yeah. I mean? And um, also too, like NWA has cut me loose. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, you, you know, as well as I do, Wolfie, that in this business, people try to, put you in a box or give you parameters to stay in because you don't want to step on someone else's toes or right. they were like, go for it. Get it. Yeah. You know, feel it like promos, everything. Like they don't come up to me and say, you know, you need to say this, that, and the other, like some of the other companies, they hand yeah. me a microphone. Yeah. And it's amazing what happens when you let a wrestler do what he knows how to do. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. And connect with the people. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and you know, I've I've told this uh, on this show before. Of when me and Jamie went to uh, WWE for the first time when it was WWF back then, uh, they had a teleprompter, and they 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 wrote something for us that I was like, this doesn't even sound like us, man. And uh, we made them. We told them. Uh, because we we went we were always first take guys and i told them i said can you shut that off please and just tell us what you want us to say and and they did and then we fucking nailed it you know what i mean it's like you've got to let the guys be the guys you know i i can't speak on something that you're telling me i gotta say you know does that make sense to you 100 percent. it's you know it's like when a a writer or whoever yeah. To tell you what to do in your match. And yeah. you're like, bro, you're putting your hands on your face and you're rubbing your eyes and you're like, you ain't never been in a fucking fist fight in your life. You're trying <laughs> to tell me how to handle my business. It's right. You got to, it's, we're finally at an age uh, in time, in the business where promoters are having kind of like no choice to like, all right, let's, Let's see what yeah. they do. It's a sink or swim scenario. Well, I mean, and the guys that have been over more than anybody, I mean, are the guys that, uh, you know, they're they a personification of themselves. You know, it's it's like a, uh, it's who they are, but just magnified, you know? That's yeah. the guys that get over. Well, and that's who, you know, the top guys in, the, in every, hey, look, all right, let's just talk about AJ Styles. Yeah, he's one of the few guys that's able to walk right into WWE and be a fucking top guy and never had a match there. Yeah, you know what I mean? Why? Because he was able to go out in the world and show the world and let you know number one show the world who he was, but they let him do him. 
right until right. obviously you know they had that up and start micromanaging him but you let a you know if you let a guy go out there that you that you know and trust and go yeah. out there and say just believe in me and I will take care of business right. you can get a lot of success out of the guys especially guys that are seasoned you know someone to call us older whatever I don't you know if you remember back in the day the top guys in the business were in their mid thirties yeah early forties because you had to live that long just to live life a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. Like real, yeah. real guys that knew how to handle themselves, tough guys that knew the business. You had to yeah. live life a little bit. There was, you know, you'd get the anomalies of the guys in their early, late twenties that were really good, but that was few and far between. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Did you know my boy, uh, question mark, Josephus, did you know him? Yes, I did. Man, yes, I, I love that guy more than any person ever in the world and god when that happened it just ugh, drove a stake through my heart man can you talk about him for a minute what a beautiful soul yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like that's yeah. a beautiful soul um, absolutely i didn't know he was a music teacher till i yeah. saw him playing on, playing on <laughs> yeah. the piano yeah and i'm like dude you know how to play the piano and he's like oh yeah i can play this instrument this instrument i go really i was like you should do yeah. something with that and he's like well i am a, a music teacher and i was like are you shitting me like <laughs> it's just dude that guy you know, i'm telling you man he he would wake up every morning this was his routine i don't know if you know this about him he was autistic um he uh would wake up every morning and uh when i first knew him he would go downstairs to his little basement where he had a uh a library and he would go down there he would read a couple pages out of his book uh then he'd play piano and and just man this dude is the smartest dude that you could ever know in your life man and what a like you said a beautiful soul man I loved him to death. I loved him to death, and 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 became good friends with Billy, and you know, r rode all over the the world with him or whatever they did. That you remember that that uh, yeah, they 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 went all across the country or whatever. What what really made me happy was um, he got hot in NWA. Like when I was wrestling him, you know, I was con and I thought I was moving up as the, you know the top baby face in the company. Yeah. But when I would wrestle him, I would automatically not become the heel, but like you just couldn't, you couldn't top that gimmick and that character and the way he came across with it. And yeah. um, what it made me feel really good is this is what I was told by one of the boys is, you know, um, he was at, I believe at a, a at another show uh, and, or, or at an autograph signing or something. And he looked at his line of people that were standing in line to get his autograph. And at the time at that particular show, yeah. his line was longer than the champs. Really? And, you know, we we live for moments in this business. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? There's only a handful of guys that, are, that, that go to the very top, top, and they sit there for years upon years. So we all look for those magic moments. Right. And it, when I was told about that, it just kind of made me feel good that it, like such a wonderful person to get that moment, you know what yeah. I mean? And realize like, shit, like I'm getting old, like I gotten over, it's working. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, the feeling of it, you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And, um, he really deserved that. He did, man. And, and, and the thing was, uh, Dutch trained him. And then when I met him, uh, going through a little, uh, stage of my life or whatever, uh, he, he came to me and, I'd book him everywhere. I'd book him against me, and uh, I just, man, I love that guy, man. And just, yeah, I can't believe what happened to him. But. When I moved to Nashville, I moved as a musician, and when I played my very first show in Nashville, I met Josephus at that show, and he's this guy wearing a flannel shirt and a trucker hat. And then five years <laughs> later, I'm in the wrestling business just a little bit, not like you guys. And I meet him again, and he's like Bruiser Brody. <laughs> so yeah. um, I think it's arguable that he could be considered a genius too. He was so smart. I mean, just as a he was very uh, creative. You know, rest in peace, Joe. I was so happy that he got that spark with the question mark and him and Aaron. I was so happy to see that for him. He, you know, deserved it. Putting that aside, when I think of Trevor Murdoch, I think of 
what I would consider, uh, you know, like a throwback, the kind that would have existed at any awesome time in professional wrestling. My first memory of you was, was with Lance as your tag team, and you guys were working back and forth with London and Kendrick. And even though they were doing a little more evolved stuff, that could have existed for Crockett. You know what I'm saying? That could have existed for Bill Watts. That tag team matchup. I always felt like you and Lance were like the new outlaws. You were the new Rhodes and Murdoch in a sense. Speak on Lance and maybe if we kind of we felt that that way too. Um, It's just uh, we were we were I guess. At a, you know, better way to say, it. you know, we were victims of non-pro wrestling people not understanding pro wrestling that, and right. writing the show nonetheless. Um, <laughs> right. right. It, it goes back to what I was talking about earlier about a guy that's never been in a fist fight trying to tell me yeah. what he thinks I should be doing in the ring. Um, uh, it's Cade and I, if I think if we were 15 years earlier, we'd have been We'd have been set for life. They, uh, when people looked at Caden Murdoch in the office up there, they heard this deliverance song in their head. That's what they, why? I don't know. I just don't, um, we could wrestle legitimately with anybody. Um, yeah. and then when you would throw us in there with guys that we really gelled with like London and Kendrick, um, and especially because of the size difference, you could tell a hundred different stories with those guys. Um, we were just, yeah. you know, ultimately pissed off that they weren't allowing us to tell that story on TV where it meant something, you know. Yeah. All right, pay these guys, you know, quarter of a million dollars a year and don't put them on TV. You know, right. why Why aren't you getting back your money and your investment? Because you fucking won't put us on TV and yeah. let us yeah. tell our story. You know, and yeah. I, I mean, that's I get hot about it because it, and it's not that I'm bitter at them. It's just like, man, what a missed opportunity. And and I'm just, you know, Cade Murdoch are just in a long line of of other guys, too, that total missed opportunities um, mm-hmm. all because the guy that's writing the wrestling program doesn't understand wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've always said that, man, it's like. I, I never understood it when uh, when this thing came into play of, you know, you got – they were bookers back then, and now they're writers, and you, you cannot sit here and tell me you would want to have someone coaching your football team that had never been to the Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just yeah, doesn't yeah. make sense to me. It's It's never made sense to me. Why would you want that? I don't know. Well, um, what's – Let's if we're gonna you know unveil the curtain a little bit. You have a whole line of producers yeah. that have been wrestlers that have been successful, yeah. and to not listen to those guys and yeah. not take their advice into an account of what decisions you're making, um, yeah. it's almost like you want to shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah. You know what I mean? It doesn't make a lot of sense, man. No, uh, Let's talk about this now, man. Um, and I haven't watched the match, and I and, and I want to. I'm going to. Uh, again, Jimmy makes fun of me for not uh, like keeping up with the current times. But so you win this belt from Nick. I've worked Nick one time, and he blew me the fuck up. I'll tell Jimmy that <laughs> he blew me the fuck up. And and it was uh, I don't know. It was the Outlaw Show somewhere. Uh, but yeah, man, what a great worker, man. And 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 tell me about that match, man. Uh, 73 in the Coruscant ballroom at the chase, bro. Yeah. Like that's like you hear, when you hear those, that those words all put together, you automatically mm-hmm. think old school history. Right. Um, yeah. And to walk Still into know. that building. Yeah. Well, to walk into that building, knowing that I'm going to be in the main event for the NWA world heavyweight title against mm-hmm. one of the best in the business. Um, yeah. You talk about a guy who gets it. You know what I mean? Who gets it and understands it and can go out there and execute. You know what I mean? There's a handful of people in this world that can do that. Nick Aldis is one of those guys, man, on the top level, everywhere he goes. Right. So to be, uh, like I said, at the chase with my family watching, uh, friends at home watching, um, to, you know, go through a match. Dude, that's one of the toughest matches. And I knew it was going to be tough. You know what I mean? I've, 
Nick is one of those competitors that he just brings number one, the best out of you, but he expects the best out of you. You know what I mean? Like motherfucker, you're in the ring with me. You got to step up. Right. (laughs) That's what you should. That's what this business is built on. You know what I mean? That we used to have a locker room full of those guys. Um, Whereas now you've got guys that are just, you know, I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to be in my little, my little pond of people that put me over and, and, you know, (laughs) tell me I am fucking the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I'm just happy with that. Um, Right. I've, I remember when I was younger, like I just looked across the locker room, some of these locker rooms and I'm like, shit, there's some competition in here. Right. Um, And there's, you know, there's only that handful of guys is now creeping down to one or two guys into a locker room. And, yeah. you know, it, yeah. I don't know. I always wanted to be world champion. Well, I mean, that's, I, I feel like that was always your, your goal. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. And you want to be the best match of the night, not have the coolest move of the night. <laughs> right. Have, well, I that's the, the match. thing, man. Nobody uh, gets that anymore. I think I was telling Jimmy about this, man. Uh, the way I was trained was how can I make my opponent look good? I, and I used to think of that, like, okay, I'm going to wrestle Trevor. What can I do for Trevor, uh, tonight to make Trevor look good? But then I'm also going to get my shit in. But at the same time, I want to make Trevor look good. I mean, is that a lost art? Well, it's a lost idealism. You know what I mean? Like guys don't, um, I'm the exact same way. And most of the time, if I had enough advance notice, I would watch a match or two and find something that you would do that I thought was right. awesome and want to take a fucking killer bump for it or something and be like, man, I watched so, you know, your match with so-and-so. Like, I saw right, you do right, this. Right. Bro, I got to take that bump. You know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a lost idealism because now guys are walking in and they're going, what can I do to get over? Exactly. If, if you... If you don't look at how to get your opponent over, they don't realize that it takes two. You know what I mean? You can be the guy who does the cool moves in the match, but I want I want to be the guy that when people are walking out the door, they're talking about my whole match and wanting to buy a ticket to see the rematch. Right. Exactly. You know what? That's that's the business, right? To get them in every eighteen inches. Um, yep. And I would I would hope and I would wish that a lot of these younger like younger guys start thinking about like how can I bring people in that aren't related to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's Absolutely. and I throw the not related into me because it's you've been around long enough to know that a guy can say, I'm a draw. Well how many you got twenty of your family members out there. Like, don't get me wrong, <laughs> right. I, I love the support. Right. But I need somebody else's money that I know. You know what I mean? It's Yeah. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope-ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. This is Steve Bowtie Bryant here. Back in the 90s, I was a pro wrestling photographer for the South, and I released what might have been one of the original sets of indie trading cards. I ran across some of these original sets. They were up in Randall Fanning's attic all this time. PG-13, rookie card, Ricky Morton, George Weingroff as the Sheep, Chris Champion, Reno Riggins, Billy Montana, Gary Valiant, the Scorpion, the Medic, Rick Reynolds, Jeff Daniels, Mephisto and Dante, Ben Jordan, Steve Neely, Marcus Woodrow, Clinton Charisma, Little Farmer John. If you'd like an opportunity to get these cards, contact me now. You can get them for only $49.99. Contact me at stevebowtiebryant at iCloud.com. Get your set now while supplies last. Hey folks, this is Wolfie D here, and if you are looking to buy or sell a home in Tennessee or Southern Kentucky, you're going to want to call my buddy, the rock star realtor, Benji Bowie. And you say, Wolfie, how do I get in touch with this rock star? Well, you can call him directly at 615-390-8216. You can go to his website, BowieHomes.com. That's B-U-I-E Homes.com. Or you can email him at BenBowie34 at gmail.com. When you need a home, you need the Rockstar Realtor.
Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee. Lou says, Buddy Rogers, Dory Funk Jr., Harley Race, Jack Briscoe, Terry Funk, Dusty Rhodes, The Nature Boy Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat, Sting, Barry Windham, Dan Severn, Ken Shamrock, Jeff Jarrett, AJ Styles, Raven, Kurt Angle, Nick Aldis, and Trevor Murdoch. How cool does that feel to hear your name mentioned among? And I know I skipped some. You know, I didn't go back to Pat O'Connor. Right. You know, I skipped people, but I felt like I picked the top there. How does that feel, man? I mean, honestly. No, dude, it it's, it feels awesome. Um, it feels great, but in the same sense, like it, like there's a lot of pressure. Um, I feel a tremendous weight, like to carry that that title, that championship, because of all those names. Um, that's a lot to live up to, um, but I I know I'm not going to have a problem with that. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the NWA and the NWA World Heavyweight Title. Um, every wrestler, and I've said this in a in an interview before, every wrestler when they come up in the business has that one world championship, that one world title. Whether it be they're a fan of WWE or they're a fan of Impact or they're a fan of the NWA, as they're growing up, you know they're not going to miss opportunities from other companies, but they all have that one world title that they want to be, uh, they want to have. And that for me, that was the NWA world heavyweight title. That was, um, the legitimate tough guys in our business, the guys that could go out there, um, like the, the above names that you mentioned, go out there and work for an hour and keep the people involved with it. Um, Today can that happen? I don't. I I don't know. I think you know our attention spans a little shot. You know. You know, Trevor. The, when you say that, man, it, it it and and Jimmy's heard me say this, man. Being the USWA tag team champions meant more to me than being in WWE. It really did yep. because Memphis wrestling is what I grew up on. So being being that tag team champion and being in the Mid-South Coliseum and being at the National Fairgrounds and blah, 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 that meant so much more to me than, than anything else, man. And, and, and it's, I, like you just said, it's what you grew up on. It's what you wanted. Yep. Well, and it, it generates a different type of passion out of you that you didn't know was there. Like, yeah. don't, like, don't get me wrong. Like I was excited to be a part of the NWA, but I started realizing like I gave a shit about every single aspect of it where, right. you know what I mean? Every other people's matches, um, how we were being presented in the public. Like I started noticing, I started, you know, caring again because I started, because I knew how important it was and how much it meant to me in the NWA and how much it means to me. Let me ask you this. What is it like? Uh, because, and, and I don't know this, uh, working, uh, with the smashing pumpkin guy. I mean, how does, how is he towards wrestling? I mean, how is he to work for like at first, you know, you have to get over the fact because we're all Smashing Pumpkin fans. You know, yeah. what I, mean? I, I grew <laughs> yeah. up on his music too, so absolutely. All, in a minute, you know, you're like, oh my god, that's fucking Billy Corgan over there, <laughs> right, like, right, 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 right. And for real, like, all right, like, okay, let's go, let's go test this out. Like he's in my house, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, you know, he's in my world, you know what I mean? Right, right. And you go up to him and, like, he's not the fucking rock star image that like he's, he's, he loves the business and he's excited. Like he knew about my career and I had never had really? a ball. Yeah. He's like, man, I remember watching you in WWE, you and Lance were killing it. Blah. I mean, laid it out for me, laid even my little short stint in TNA. He brought yeah. that up for what I was doing there. What, what did he grow up on? What, what was his wrestling background? What NWA. made him do this? And really? WA, okay. man. Okay. And All right. He's, he's try, like, that was one of the things like he, I think that's one of the reasons obviously why he bought the NWA because yeah. of what he grew up on. And like, Billy's a, a historian, right? Like, he loves history. And 
the fact that he was able to purchase the NWA and have almost a living history excites mm. him. On top of the fact, like, he's a true pro wrestling fan. Like, and yeah. I'm not talking like, oh, he saw Stone Cold Steve Austin flip people off and thought, you know, he's right, not the right, tax right, time right. promoter. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's a, a student of the game. And he understands like the the rock business is a little bit like the wrestling business at certain times and the wrestling business is like the rock business, but it's he understands that like, okay, I've got I've gathered these guys around me that I that I trust and know the business and they care about it as much as I do and he listens. Now yeah. we may not always get our way. Yeah. But he is an open fucking door. And That's awesome. You know as well as I do, like how important that is. Um, yeah, you would think a guy that's traveling all over the world that's got multi platinum albums, um, you would figure you'd have to talk to an assistant, the assistant's assistant, <laughs> right, right, to get a callback time. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've got his number on my phone, and he picks yeah. up ninety percent of the time. And when he doesn't pick up, it's because he's doing something. And he calls me back. Yeah, I give a shit about the guy. Because he shows that he cares about me and what I'm doing. And he listens to my, like he again, I may not get what I want every time, but at least he listens to me and gives me enough respect to go, okay, all right, all right, let's think about this, though. And, you know, right. and there's times that I brought it up to him. Um, hey, man, like, we, we need to really think about it this way. And, oh, shit, I didn't look at it like that. So it's, did, he, it's, did he come to you and be like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to put the strap on you? I mean, did no, he you? no, he, um, it was, it's not that he, okay. Well, I, he did, but didn't, you know what I mean? Like it was one of those scenarios where, uh, I think that they were having, you know, the conversation of what was going on and they were looking yeah. at the, the landscape of what our business is doing and how I was connecting to the people. Right. And yeah, he, you know, called me and, and said, you know what? I, I think this is what we're going to try. And we're going to see what happens from here. You know, he never said he was going to do this. Trevor, this is, this is what we're doing. Right. This is what we're going to try. And if it works, we're going to try something else. So the picture, uh, and, and I have to, you know how this goes, Trevor, man. If I don't say it when I think of it, I'll forget it because I've been hitting the edge many times. Uh, the picture okay. of you, uh, I, I think it was that night. And then uh, the picture of Harley, the same jacket or whatever. Was that intentional? Oh, 100%. Okay. 100%. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like that was, um, you know, I, I know that like that jacket of his is like iconic. Um, right. People think of pro wrestling. They think of that, the picture of him in the blue and red jacket. Right. And I have never, um, I've always been a Harley race guy throughout my whole career. Like I've had his stamp across my back, but I've not, I've tried not to use Harley's name. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I want to yeah. walk out on my own merit. Like I, I'm a Harley right. race guy, and I'll, but I'm still Trevor fucking Murdoch. Right. 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 Um, I, and I felt like, man, like of, of any time for me to walk out and pay my tribute at the biggest audience that I could possibly have in the place, yeah. you know what I mean? Like at any moment, like this was my moment to say, all right, Harley, I am, I am your guy. Um, I represent you to the world and this, I'm going to go out. And, and that was like, you know, that's the closest I'm ever going to get to walking in his boots. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, the only thing that would have made it absolutely 100% perfect. Um, it was 99% perfect. And the only reason why it wasn't a hundred percent was because he wasn't there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, that would have but been, didn't you, uh, I, I think I saw, you, you want it with the pile driver, right? I want it. I, the pile driver led up to the bulldog. Okay. I, okay. I, yeah. I yeah. My, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I did see that. I did see that. You pile drove him. Yeah. And then the uh, the bulldog off the top or something. Yeah, man. And there was there were several instances that I I tried to pay homage to the man and Nick yeah. also. You know what I mean? Watching throughout yeah. that whole match, we told one hell of a story for twenty five minutes, um, and and went out there and gave everybody every ounce of what we had. Like yeah. I can't say, like, dude, I left everything out there. Um, yeah. On top of the fact, you know, the gimmick was that, you know, my match was, my, my career was on the line. Yeah. She don't go out there Okay, so that was the deal. Fought. It was a, a career versus whatever. Title. First title, yeah. Title. Okay. And okay. it was, yeah, and Nick had beat me two different occasions before that, 
you know what okay. I mean? Um, so it was, it, it was a magical moment. You couldn't write that shit any better. Like it, you couldn't have, like you, you couldn't yeah. put it together in a book and say everything was going to fall into place the way it did because yeah. it had been 37 years since anybody had wrestled at the chase. And there had been plenty, plenty of companies that have went to the chase and talked to them about, um, uh, doing shows there and then turning them down. Really? Um, yeah, they just didn't want no part of it. But once the NWA made a phone call, um, this, you know, this era's NWA made a phone call and, uh, you know, Bush beer became a part of it as a sponsor. It, it just kind of steamrolled into this huge event and it was, you know, it kind of took a life of its own. Man, that's cool, man. Very cool. I got to, you know, as always, I have a million things I could talk to you about, Trevor. So we'll save that for the next time. <laughs> All right. But, so yeah, these are these are a couple that'll be quick, I think. So one of them is I get such a rugged Ronnie Garvin vibe from Tim Storm. Is he one of the most underrated dudes or what, man? Like, seriously. 100%. Yeah. Like, okay, we're... We're, no one's talked about this yet or really brought this up, but we're t let's go back to the 73, okay? Tim Storm went out there, first match of the night, and wrestled in our version of a hardcore match, which is very PG, you know what I mean? But, <laughs> yeah. but took some, some hellacious bumps and, and really put his body through a, a beating. And then he comes back at the third match as a commentator sweating wiping sweat off his off his brow speaking as a commentator like nothing had ever happened like what an yeah. og like what a like, like what a badass um right nobody really right. gave him the credit like he deserves went out there and you know wrestled 20 minutes and then came back on the third match with a suit jacket on wiping sweat from his brow uh and commentating like what a stud I had some good matches with Tim uh, for for Riviera that we were talking about earlier. I had some good matches. Only wrestler I know that, it, that wears a cup in the ring now. I'll give him that. Well, maybe with what he's carrying, he needs to protect it. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> I've, I've never seen that in my life, but that was... Well, I ain't never seen thing. it either, bro, but I don't question it. <laughs> no. I mean, it's, it's, it's right. <laughs> I love so, it. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I look at that dude and I just think, my God. He's the other kind of guy like you, Trevor, who if you would have been 15 years ago, that man would be cashing checks and driving the biggest Cadillac. I just feel like it's so cool that the NWA, like, you, you know, you've got this, like the NWA as we know, and I don't want to take anything away from Rob Conway, Cahagas, or none of those guys, but I feel like it had kind of splintered off to where, like, nobody took it serious anymore. And then yeah. Billy takes it over. And please, Cahagas, I think the world of that guy. I'm a Gary Hart mark, so I feel like I could have managed him in a way nobody else could have. But anyway, those guys <laughs> did their job, and they did it awesome. With that being said, Billy buys NWA. You put it in a studio, man. Like, it just feels like you guys went from, the NWA name went from nothing almost to now you're back into it as a major player in the game. Tell me, like, do you get that feeling or are you just nose to the grindstone right now? No, it's, um, no, I 100% feel like we're, we're in the game. Um, yeah. It, it took somebody, um, cause it, here's the thing, like, the NWA, yeah, it's, it seems as if it just kind of popped up out of nowhere. But those guys, for four years, um, had to go around and deal with the legal issues of where NWA was. And Wolfie, you know what I'm talking about. You know, taking yeah, like, yeah. you know, there was a lot of companies out there that were kind of bastardizing the name of NWA, um, and Billy didn't want that. If he's going to create a product, um, he wants to be the only one that that is in control of that. Like that's anybody would want to be that way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Once he was able to do that and bring it all under one umbrella, you know, uh, he was, he had the finances this, and the wherewithal to see, okay, we need to give this a different look. Um, and what look different, what, what look can we use that would be different? Well, let's think about this. Well, the old school look, worked and we can modernize it a little bit and give it a modernized feel to it. But it, you know, 
he he rolled the dice on what was successful before would work now, and it did. Um, we're not completely like Georgia Championship Wrestling, but if you notice, we're starting to try to bring back a little bit of that flair, a little bit of that old school feeling. Things that um, one of the things I I remember at vividly at 73 is talking to a lot of like younger dads who watched it with their dads, NWA and how now they're sharing it with their kids. Um, we also deliver a product that like you can for sure 99% of the time, sit down with your whole family and watch. Right. And you really can't right. say that about a lot of pro wrestling anymore. Yeah. Um, and families feel comfortable with that. Now, do I say we don't do rated? Am I saying we don't do rated our stuff? To the right time, right place, everything means something. Yeah. Um, right. But ninety nine percent of the time, you can watch with your whole family. I mean, wrestling's always been uh, a little bit R rated, and that's kind of the thing that, like, like I said, growing up watching Memphis, the blood, the brawls, the yeah, that's wrestling to me, man. You know, that's wrestling to me. And uh, when we started getting away from that. I don't know. That's what we drew money with that uh, in the in the nineties. Uh, you know, uh, PG thirteen against the Rock and Roll Express. We drew money with blood. I mean, you know, it just it works, man. It works, and it's people want to see a fight. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm no, wrong. no. You're one hundred percent on that. Like that's what was the entertaining value of our business, and it yeah. you know it went to a different direction where it was more focused on the entertainment than the wrestling part, yeah. um, you know, to the point where, you know, a company literally took wrestling out of their name. Yeah. You know, absolutely. you know, a company, you know what? I, I read this thing. Oh, what was that? I read the other day where it's uh, all these words you can't say uh, yeah. for WWE. And one of them was wrestling. And I'm yeah. like, what does the second W stand for? It's wrestling. Right. Well, I guess I guess they got tired of that argument and just took the whole word out. They were like, eh. That's you know hilarious I mean? to me. That's hilarious to me. But that's what that's what okay, and I'm I'm okay with them doing that now. Like, okay, that's the direction you guys want to go, that's fine. Like you guys be in your own little world, we're gonna do our thing. Yeah, so we're gonna yeah. stay within our bubble that works for us, and we're gonna give everybody the alternative. Yeah. Because the more they go left, we're gonna go right. Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean. I know Jimmy's and, and got some. Uh, Jimmy's got some current affairs he's just gonna throw at you. I'm so glad I got to deal with this. When 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 we don't have a guest <laughs> on, he throws these at me, and I'm like, oh my god. So he may not <laughs> like the answers I give him. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before we get into current affairs, and thank you for the toss there, Wolfie. That was perfect timing. <laughs> I always like to ask something that puts you on your toes as well. So current affairs is coming up, ladies and gentlemen, and I appreciate your patience, but I want to hear this from you because here's the thing, man. I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm putting you on the spot here, but just off the top of your head, give me your Mount Rushmore of wrestling. Uh, you got to throw Harley in there. Um, I'm going to put steamboat up there because he's yeah. the only guy that's ever been babyface's whole career. And like, mm -hmm. Like talk about when when you talk about as a wrestler and you go well I need to learn how to sell and be a babyface, he's the first name in that dictionary, yeah. and so I think Ricky Steamboat needs to be up there for sure. Um, yeah, I think as as much as I you know I hate to say it like you got to put Vince up there as well too because right. of the impact he's had on pro wrestling, um, the good and the bad. I'm not going to sit here right. and bury him the whole time. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah. He really, he, he carried the business for a long time. Um, and then my fourth one, man, let's see here. That's a hard one. Um, it it, it kind of goes between uh, Dusty Rhodes and yeah. I know people are going to like get on to me, but you guys remember the missing link? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dewey. Like, Dewey Robert. You, yeah. Yeah. You talk about a guy doing a gimmick at a time when people didn't do gimmicks and legitimately right. put fear in people's hearts. You know right. what I mean? Um, yeah. I know like it's a random, it seems like a random name, but I no. remember as, as a young guy, like the power, 
that that guy had over me when I was watching him on TV. Like I was just extremely scared of him. And then of course, as you get older, you get smartened up to the business and you get a part of the business and you realize like how good he was for a guy, his size and what he, what power he was able to con- to, to possess to make me believe in the ring. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, thank you for that, Trevor. So as we oh, say, so I don't uh, get any heat. Wait a minute, wait a minute, real quick. So I don't get any heat yeah. from your guys' viewers. I'm not comparing Dusty Rhodes and the Missing Link. I understand they're two fucking <laughs> two different fucking ends of the spectrum. But oh, Jesus yeah. Christ, guys, like don't fucking bury me saying that. Oh, Trevor's stupid. He, no, I understand. No. Right. I if you don't no. say that stuff though nowadays, Wolfie, if you don't say that, like somebody's gonna <laughs> right. crucify you and put words no. in your mouth. Uh, no, yeah. I got you, man. Yeah. I, I I believe what you're saying. No, okay. Missing link yeah. was missing link was good, man. And the, the only thing is, like, see, uh, you know, I told you earlier, I'm a Memphis guy, so missing link was a Texas guy, so I didn't yeah. see him a whole bunch, man. Um, I mean, my uh, Mount Rushmore and yours would be a little bit different, uh, and you know, Jimmy knows this. Road Warriors, yeah. Mr. Perfect, Randy Savage, yep. those are my fucking people. Uh, but, yeah, you, you know, you out your way. I can it was world-class yeah. is what I yeah, watched. World class. Sunday morning yeah. was world-class for me. You had the Vaughn Ericks and shit. Gentleman Chris yeah. Adams, Iceman King Clark. Adams. Yeah, and I met the, the Iceman. What a cool dude he was, man. I met him at, uh, at a casino. um uh, God, I can't remember how many years back that was. I never wrestled him or anything, but, uh, man, he was so cool. He was so cool. I got to wrestle him, like, I don't know, was it three or four years ago, Jerry Bostick brought me in down there for world-class pro wrestling. Oh, yeah. And I got to wrestle against Iceman King Parsons and the two Von Eric boys. Oh, and, uh of course, you know, I just, you know, I called the fuzz punches, you know, you know what I mean? You know the gimmick, man. Like, I want <laughs> yeah. it all, man. Give it to me. Yeah, I want yeah, yeah. the beat for you. I want it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. So that was my little moment there. That's awesome. That is awesome. To me, just think about those times of Memphis, world-class, AWA, NWA, Crockett. I mean, think about it. You could live in a state or four states, let's just say, and you could see the wrestling, and that wrestling was the world to you. And and you could then see something else and say, okay, I remember – the Rimco wrestling figures that were like the, the He-Man size. And my I got yeah. the Road Warriors, and that forever changed my life after that. I was a Road Warrior fan because I was a Ricky and Robert fan, but then the Road Warriors came along. And yeah. to me, it, it was crazy, the idea of how awesome one territory was just for a few states and how it'll probably never be like that again, you know, but in a good way, I guess, because, you know, yeah. like you say, there's – there's AEW, WWE, NWA, Impact. You can all be on TV. You can all have your spot in the world. And there's enough fans that everybody can just, you know, take it all in. It's it's a beautiful thing. So anyway, speaking on that, I'm going to lead into current affairs. So DJ, hit the music. It's a current affair. It's a current affair. All right, we're back with Current Affairs and Trevor Murdoch, the NWA Heavyweight Champion. Trevor, I promise these aren't difficult, but my first Current Affair is you're the NWA Heavyweight Champion, and with that comes some definite responsibility, as you said earlier. Now that this forbidden door has kicked open, and let's even pretend like Vince is allowing people to play along. Who are some, you know, heavyweight champions you could see yourself matching up well with? Um, right now, you know what I mean? Like those in first off, anything's possible, especially in right. pro wrestling. That's the great thing about it. Anything's possible. Um, but I think I could, you know, right now Big E is on fire and I think I could have some really good matches with him. Um also you've got, you know, I'm 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 the world champion, man, so I'm going to go after the other world champions. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I think I can totally. tell a great story with Kenny Omega. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I think oh, yeah. I, I'm a different cat when it comes to pro wrestling. I can mix really well with anybody, big or small. Um, that's the one. That's what that's makes one. a great wrestler. <laughs> Dude, I, 
that's what Harley always told me. You got to be able to work, you know, as world champion, you got to have a great match with every, anybody and everybody. Yeah. Um, and I really think like, you know, especially with the way people perceive me, um, I don't look like the wrestler of 2021. I look like the wrestler of the 1980s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, that's where I surprise people. You know, I've got this little saying, you know, don't let the fat fool you. There's an athlete in this body. Uh, <laughs> it's, I, I, you know, I've, I've learned to be tough and I can take my shots. Um, one of my best defenses, I can take a hell of an ass whooping um, and keep coming back. And I think I could match up with either one of those guys and have a great match with either one of them. I think those are great ideas. Let's book it anytime, you know. <laughs> so that being said, you know, the Forbidden Door, are there any upcoming plans that you can tell us about that might be including another company? I've heard some rumblings. I'm not. But, there's uh, nothing I can tell you. Are there conversations? <laughs> are there conversations? Yeah. Doggone it. I thought I could sneak it out of you, man. Sorry. <laughs> no, man. Let's be, you know, let's be real. No, there's some serious conversations. Um, yeah. But, you know, Wolfie knows, like, there's got to be details worked out and a lot of that and how that works and make sure right. it's great for everybody. Um, right. It's amazing. As soon as I became world champion, the emails and the text of everybody <laughs> going, all right, I can, uh, yeah, I want a shot. You know hey, what I mean? Everybody yeah. wants a shot. Hey, Trevor. Hey, Trevor. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And, of course, you know, the brother-brother calls. Yeah. And, right. And, uh, you know, but I'm in a different, you know, I'm in a different field now. And it comes down to not only, you know, I'm, everybody knows I'm willing to show up, but now everybody's got to pay for it. You know, yeah. that yeah. there's, you know, you're, I'm not only bringing me, I'm bringing the world title with me. And that that's, that's that changes the whole game on everything. Um, right. Everybody says that, you know, I just put out this new shirt, man. Everybody's a tough guy until they meet one. That's I love that. I love that. Yeah. Mm. It's the truth, though. Like a lot of these guys, and Wolfie, you, would, you know this as well as I do, all these guys, oh, man, I want to be world champion. Oh, man, I can take him. Until you're standing <laughs> in the ring, Across yeah. from the world champion and looking at him and looking at the look on his face, knowing what this guy's willing to do to keep his world title. Right. People tend to not be as tough and not want to want the opportunity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Who's the person, seriously, that you went in the ring against going, fuck, I don't really want to work with this motherfucker tonight. You know what I mean? Uh, like, who's the, who's the tough? I'll, I'll tell you mine. It is Perry Saturn. Perry Saturn used to beat my ass every fucking night in Memphis. Who is yours? Bob Holly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always now, you. I never worked with Bob. Before, before I get a fucking phone call from Bob going, you trying to bury me? <laughs> Bob's old school through yeah. and through. You know what I mean? And yeah. Bob is like us in the, in the manner that people want to fight. I'm going to fucking give it to them. Right. And so Bob lays that shit in there. And yeah. I I like that, um, but yeah. Bob also is a uh, let me see, like he gets into the mode. You know what I mean? A little bit like Perry Saturn, a little bit gets into yeah. like this lunatic mode. Like I am kicking ass, and right. you have to <laughs> you have to hit him back hard to kind of get him to snap out of it. Right. And <laughs> I remember a couple times, you know, he was laying the wood to me, and I had to crack him back. And he's like, everything okay, Trevor? I was like, I'm trying to wake you up, you fucking psychotic. Yeah. You know, the Harris boys used to tell me that. Donnie used to tell me that. He'd go, for a little motherfucker, he said, you always hit me back hard. He said, I've, I've never had people hit me like you do. And I said, well, motherfucker, you're trying to kill me. <laughs> Some guys don't know their own strength. And Bob yeah. is one of those guys. And um, yeah. I've, me and Bob have the utmost respect for each other. And the matches I had with Bob were some of my, like, battle-wise, when they gave us an opportunity, some great fucking matches. Yeah. And that, he was another guy. Like, you know, he expected a certain amount of aggression, and he would take that same aggression as well, too. There was never – there were several times that I thought I plugged Bob, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have to answer for that one in the back. And him never, <laughs> him never say a word, shake my hand, good match, brother, and walk yeah. off. You know, and yeah. it's like, okay, but Bob would really lay the, like, lay the wood to me. But in the same sense, he liked to have it brought back to him like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who trained Bob? So, you know, I'm not, 
I'm not sure, man, but he's another guy like didn't get enough credit for being with the company as long as nah, he, he was good, man. He was good. He was good. Man, uh, Trevor, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on here, man. Um, thank mean, you for I, having me. I, I told Jimmy, I said, man, I got Trevor on here, man. <laughs> this is going to be good. Uh, it's been a minute. I appreciate you having me. I had a blast. Yeah, and Thank you. and and seriously, man, congratulations on because uh, I know that you, like your career had kind of I don't know I think I I thought you had kind of gotten out of the business or whatever, and so now I guess you're back and fuck I was fucking you, you know as well as I do there's there's those shows out there that you can work where you don't there's just not a lot of publication yeah you know I yeah. stayed in the business enough to not keep you know keep the ring rust off but I wasn't. I wasn't right. setting off anybody's, you know, alarms, you know, yeah. um, and it just, you know, right time, right place, right moment, you know, awesome, it all works man. out for a reason. That's awesome, man. I can assure you I'm out. I'm, I'm, I'm broken down and beat up, man. Just had a heart attack six weeks ago. Didn't I heard, you? man. I'm, yeah. I'm thankful and I'm blessed that we're having this conversation, man. Please, <laughs> yeah. please, Jesus Christ, man, take care of yourself. Yeah, man. It was crazy, but, uh, at any rate, man, thank you. Thank you so much, Trevor, for coming on. We greatly appreciate it. You're welcome back anytime, you know. And to, to be honest, and like I said at the start of it, I've never spoken directly to the current and, and reigning NWA heavyweight champion. And I just want to <laughs> say it's been an absolute pleasure, man. So thank you. Right on, man. Thank you guys for having me on. This has been a blast. Uh, I could sit and talk wrestling all day long. So uh, thank you guys man. for having me on. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate you. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Chic Jared are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise. This team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at genejacksonpod.com. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate 
first of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Secondly, the people that are liking the page. Beyond that, even more is the people that are listening. And we really appreciate that. Yeah. And remember, guys, the podcast drops a new episode every Monday at noon. And our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats. Thanks again. I got a cap for you, don't. He got a cap for you, don't. I got a cap for you, don't. And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still loving it, color. Don't rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap. I'm like any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Tired of suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Played low for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for later. Not here to play games, so you better beware. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. Like time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped. When I finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. And I'm driving it home, it's Ruby D, baby. Huh, I got a cap for your dome. You got a cap for your dome. You got a cap for your dome. You got a cap for your dome. This has been a James Rock Street production.